O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, April 10th. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Shemeni, and it means eighth. Leviticus 11, 32-47 And anything on which one of them falls when dead shall be unclean, be it any article of wood, or a cloth, or a skin, or a sack. Any such article that can be put to use shall be dipped in water, and it shall remain unclean until evening. Then it shall be clean. And if any of those falls into an earthen vessel, everything inside it shall be unclean, and the vessel itself you shall break. As to any food that may be eaten, it shall become unclean if it came in contact with water. As to any liquid that may be drunk, it shall become unclean, if it was inside any vessel. Everything on which the carcass of any of them falls shall be unclean. An oven or stove shall be smashed. They are unclean, and unclean they shall remain for you. However, a spring or cistern in which water is collected shall be clean, but whoever touches such a carcass in it shall be unclean. If such a carcass falls upon seed grain that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed, and any part of a carcass falls upon it, it shall be unclean for you. If an animal that you may eat has died, anyone who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. Anyone who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and remain unclean until evening. And anyone who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and remain unclean until evening. All the things that swarm upon the earth are an abomination 
they shall not be eaten. You shall not eat among all things that swarm upon the earth anything that crawls on its belly, or anything that walks on fours, or anything that has many legs, for they are an abomination. You shall not draw abomination upon yourselves through anything that swarms you. You shall not make yourselves unclean therewith, and thus become unclean. For I, Hashem, am your God. You shall sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not make yourselves unclean through any swarming thing that moves upon the earth. For I, Hashem, am He who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall be holy, for I am holy. These are the instructions concerning animals, birds, all living creatures that move in water, and all creatures that swarm on the earth. Or distinguishing between the unclean and the clean, between living the living things that may be eaten and the living things that may not be eaten. Joshua 2, 1-24 Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, saying, Go, reconnoiter the region of Jericho. So they set out, and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. The king of Jericho was told, Some men have come here tonight, Israelites, to spy out the country. The king of Jericho thereupon sent orders to Rahab, Produce the men who came to you and entered your house for they have come to spy out the whole country. The woman, however, had taken the two men and hidden them. It is true, she said, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. And at dark, when the gate was about to be closed, the men left. I don't know where the men went. Quick, go after them, for you can overtake them. Now she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under some stalks of flax, which she had lying on the roof. So the men pursued them in the direction of the Jordan, down to the fords, and no sooner had the pursuers gone out than the gate was shut behind them. The spies had not yet gone to sleep when she came up to the roof, on, up to them on the roof. She said to the men, I know that Hashem has given the country to you because dread of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land are quaking before you. For we have heard how Hashem dried up the waters of the Sea of Reeds for you when you left Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, whom you doomed. When we heard about it, we lost heart, and no man had any more spirit left because of you. For Hashem your God is the only Hashem in heaven above and on earth below. Now, since I have shown loyalty to you, swear to me by Hashem, that you in turn will show loyalty to my family. Provide me with a reliable sign, that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and save us from death. The men answered her, Our persons are pledged for yours, even to death. If you do not disclose this mission of ours, we will show you true loyalty when Hashem gives us the land. 
she let them down by a rope through the window, for her dwelling was at the outer side of the city wall, and she lived in the actual wall. She said to them, Make for the hills, so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Stay there in hiding three days, until the pursuers return. Then go your way. But the men warned her, We will be released from this oath which you have made us take, unless, when we invade the country, you tie this length of crimson cord to the window through which you let us down. Bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your family together in your house. And if anyone ventures outside the doors of your house, his blood will be on his head, and we shall be clear. But if a hand is laid on anyone who remains in the house with you, his blood shall be on our heads. And if you disclose this mission of ours, we shall likewise be released from the oath which you made us take. She replied, Let it be as you say. She sent them on their way, and they left, and she tied the crimson cord to the window. They went straight to the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers turned back. And so the pursuers, searching all along the road, did not find them. Then the two men came down again from the hills and crossed over. They came to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported to him all that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, Hashem has delivered the whole land into our power. In fact, all the inhabitants of the land are quaking before us. Luke thirteen twenty-two to 14, 6 And he, Yeshua, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one to him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and has shut the door, you begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he shall answer and say to you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in your presence, and you have taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and there are first which shall be last. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying to him, Get thee out and depart, for Herod will kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stones them that are sent to you, how often would I have gathered your children together, 
as a hen does gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left to you desolate, and verily I say unto you, You shall not see me until the time comes when you shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Yeshua answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go, and answered them, saying, Which of you shall have a donkey or an ox fall into a pit, and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. Psalm 79, 1-13 O God, the heathen are come into your inheritance. Your holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem to heaps. The dead bodies of your servants have they given to be meat to the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of your saints unto the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and derision to them that are round about us. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? Shall your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath upon the heathen that have not known you, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling place. O remember not against us former iniquities. Let your tender mercy speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of your servants which is shed. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before you according to the greatness of your power. Preserve those that are appointed to die. And render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach, wherewith they have reproached you, O Lord. So we your people and sheep of your pasture will give thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. Proverbs 12:26. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. I want to speak to you today from the book of Leviticus, chapter 11, and then we're going to jump into Joshua, chapter 2. And in Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 45, it is written, For I, Hashem, am he who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall be holy, for I am holy. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This verse appears towards the end of the description of the kosher dietary laws. God draws a clear connection between obeying the kosher laws and sustaining a status of holiness. The Bible instructs the children of Israel to distinguish between things which may be eaten that are clean and things which are not to be eaten that are unclean. In handing these requirements to God's people, Hashem is requiring 
that they distinguish themselves from other nations and peoples. They are charged with a great responsibility to live a holy life, to follow God's commandments, and to come as close as possible to the holiness of Hashem. Through the observance of the kosher dietary laws, the people of Israel are meant to have a positive influence on the rest of the world. And again, I want to clarify that these kosher dietary laws are not just for the Jewish people. That is incorrect. These commands are given to all of God's people who are choosing to follow Yeshua and walk with Him in faith. It can be for the Jews and for the non-Jews, because we are to walk as Yeshua walked. Yeshua kept the dietary laws. He kept the Sabbath. He kept the biblical feasts. So all of those, whether they are be Jewish or non-Jewish, who are following the God of Israel, are to follow these commandments. We're to follow the whole Bible, all of it, cover to cover. All those things that we are able to, many of the things we are not able to, because the temple has been destroyed. And there are many laws that have to do with the temple. So they don't apply. Okay, continuing on now into Joshua chapter 2. One thing I want to point out, in this chapter we have a key person who's playing a very significant role. Her name is Rahab, and in verse 1 she is described, they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And so she is a harlot. And God uses her in a very powerful and a mighty way. And I want to just bring forward a couple of other verses that the Bible, where the Bible talks about Rahab. In Hebrews chapter 11, Rahab is in the great hall of fame. The, the faith chapter, by faith. Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Joseph. So she's in the Hall of Fame. Hebrews 11.31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. Also in James chapter 2, verse 25, it is written, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? What's that really saying? It's saying that she was justified by her good works. So in faith, she she's in the Hall of Fame of Faith. She believed in the God of Israel. And she wanted to help these spies who are serving the God of Israel. And then her faith was backed up with action, with good works, when she received them and sent them out another way so that they were safe. So she walked in faith and in good works, both. And this justified her. She was saved. And so continuing on now, back to Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. She said to the men, I know that Hashem has given the country to you because dread of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land are quaking before you. The Israel Bible 
commentary to this verse reads as follows. When Rahab speaks to the spies, she reports that the Canaanites are afraid of the children of Israel. They are well aware of the miracles Hashem has done for the Israelites. Both forty years earlier, during the time of the Exodus, and more recently, in the battles against the Amorite kings of Sihon and Og, they know that God has given the land to the children of Israel, and therefore they are afraid. Not only does Rahab report this to the spies, but she even casts her lot with the Israelites. Rahab is a prime example of a righteous Gentile. Understanding that these men are representatives of Hashem's chosen people who will receive the chosen land, she single-handedly undertakes to protect the spies. The children of Israel are not the only ones who understand that God is giving them the promised land. The righteous among the nations also recognize that this is the will of Hashem. God gave the children of Israel the land of Israel then, and He gives it to them now as well. Continuing on, in verse 12 and 13, she has some words to say to the spy. She's striking a bargain with them. And this is what she says in verses 12 and 13. Now, since I have shown loyalty to you, swear to me by Hashem that you in turn will show loyalty to my family. Provide me with a reliable sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and save us from death. So she's saying, basically, I'm going to look out for you because you're God's people. And I'm going to do what I can to protect you and help you succeed in your mission. And if I do this, I'm asking that you will protect my family. So. God does this for her. She and her family are protected. And I can see this principle playing out even in my own life. Here is an application of this principle. Four years ago, I was called to go out to Ohio and work with Eddie Chumney on a very large project, um, putting together a discipleship website, um, his life's work all of the teachings that he's done for the last 15 or 20 years, all to go into a discipleship website. All the videos had to be remastered. Uh, Many questions had to be written, thousands of questions for uh, online quizzes, and the actual website had to be built. It was a major, major, major project. It took me 2,500 miles away from my family. I have three children who are grown. All three are married. And I have five grandchildren. So I was 2,500 miles away from my family, and I miss them terribly. They're all out in the Pacific Northwest. But I spoke the same words, similar words, as what Rahab said. I said, Father God, as I work on things for your kingdom, things for your family, to bless your family, to bless people who want to get a strong, solid foundation of Hebrew roots under their feet, And as I worked on another project, the nation's ninth of Av, which is all about building a bridge, strengthening the bridge between Jews and non-Jews, non-Jews coming to Jerusalem to repent on the ninth of Av for all of the historical sin that our Christian forefathers 
uh, have committed against the Jews in the name of Christ, uh, from the Holocaust to the Crusades to the Inquisition to even modern-day anti-Semitism, and not to just do it on any random day, but on a significant day in Jewish history, the 9th of Av. So as I worked on that project for two years and worked on the other with Eddie Chumney, that was my prayer to the Lord, is I'm looking after the affairs of your family, the brokenness in your family, the walls that are there, the broken places that are there. So, Father, while I do this, please see to the needs of my family. Please take care of my family. Please see to their needs and and let there be salvation and restoration. And my goodness, that's exactly what I see happening. I have now returned to the Pacific Northwest. I am closer, much closer now, in distance anyways, geographically, to my three children, their spouses, and the grandchildren. And before my eyes, I am seeing God do a huge work of restoration and healing in my family. It's in progress. It's not done, but it's it's in progress. It's in process. And truly, the Lord has taken that principle, and it's playing out in my life. I can see it clearly. So this is what Rahab asked. She said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, you know, do what I can to protect you uh, and take care of you and, and God's people. But please look after my family. And God honored it. Now let's go on to verse 14. The man answered her, our persons are pledged for yours even to death. If you do not disclose this mission of ours, we will show you true loyalty when Hashem gives us the land. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The spies promise that they will repay Rahab with true loyalty, which is chesed vemet. Rabbi Benjamin Black, in his book, The Secrets of Hebrew Words, teaches that emet, the Hebrew word for truth, contains a deep lesson. The word is comprised of three letters and requires for its essence the first letter, aleph, the one standing for the Almighty. Remove the initial letter Aleph, and all that remains is Met, meaning death. Without Hashem, there can be no truth. In its place, only death and destruction remain. Heavenly Father, I thank you that when we put you first, and we are about your business, seeing to the needs of your household and your family, that you take care of us. You are so faithful. You are so good. Um, When we seek you first, all those other things are added unto us. Father, help each and every one of us to seek you first, to put you in first place in our lives, and to trust you and that you will take care of all the other things that are of concern to us. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Yevrek
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>